Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4 say, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk after the flesh now. Oh, all the weapons of the warfare are not turned on. But the mighty good, they pull it down up somehow. They're coming down. Yes, they are.
Good evening, everybody. This is Reaching Out Radio International. I'm your host, Prophet Evangelist Edward Everly, and amen to that song right there. The walls are coming down. Yes, the walls are coming down tonight in the name of Jesus. God is going to bring walls down tonight in Jesus' name. I'd like to welcome everybody here in the United States and around the world who are listening to this broadcast now and also those who are listening to it on the on-demand. As soon as it uh, goes off the air tonight, we put it on the on-demand section. And I'd like to welcome you all and have a powerful message that the Lord has given me here for this week. It's been in my spirit, in my soul, and God wants to do a work here tonight. Let's look to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Father, to be on this program tonight. I just thank you to be able to share your word with this audience, Father. Father, we know that there's an audience around the world. There's many, many people online here that are hearing this message. And, Father, I would just ask right now that you would move upon the hearts of each one. Father, I just ask that you would minister to them right now. Right now, Father, your anointing would just be upon each and every one, and this anointing would go through this airways. Lord, give me the words to say. You know what needs to be spoken tonight to the people, Father. And, Father, I just ask you to send forth your word. And, Lord, as you send forth that word, we know it will not come back void because your word tells us that in Isaiah 55:11. So, Father, I just thank you, Father, for what you're going to do tonight. And, Father, as people are listening here, expecting, anticipating, and believing you to move upon their hearts and their lives and to make changes and to bring the mountains down to bring down the strongholds, to break the strongholds, Father. I just believe in the name of Jesus you're going to do a mighty work here in Jesus' precious name. And for all it's accomplished, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name we ask. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen and amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. It's a privilege to be on the program tonight again and reaching uh, out in uh, I'll get a little bit tongue-tied here, reaching out Radio International. It's a privilege to be on the program here tonight because I know you all are here listening. And, you know, when you listen to a program, you're not just listening to hear somebody speak or what they say. You're listening for what God's going to say to you through them. It's about ministering to you personally, not just ministering to a large audience, but ministering to you personally. And always take it that way. God is ministering to you. Don't think about those around you. The many people are listening no matter where you're at, whether you're listening to this program or if you're out in an audience somewhere in a church or whatever. Don't think about what God is doing with other people there. Just visualize just you and the Lord because he has a message for you. He has a message for you. Tonight, the message is called Pulling Down Strongholds, Pulling Down down strongholds. You know, in life, there's many things that come against us. Some we bring on ourselves. Some are, are activated by demonic forces, and they bring a problem, a major problem in our spiritual or physical or financial or emotional, family, marital, and many problems that, that hold us back and hinder us that really are damaging to us. And they're here to try to discourage us. The ones that come against us are here to try to discourage us, to bind us, to stop us and eventually destroy us. And they are like a cancer. Unless they are stopped, they grow and they get worse. You see, whenever you are bound, when you have a stronghold in your life, it's not going to just go away. 
it has to be dealt with, and that's what we're about tonight. We're going to deal with some strongholds here tonight because God wants to set some people free. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 19 and verse 20, uh, that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we know our body houses our spirit and, of course, our soul, where the Holy Spirit lives. He lives within us, you see. And he tells us that in our body, he wants us to glorify him, and in our spirit, we're to glorify him. And there's two verses right there in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. He said, I want you to glorify me in your body and in your spirit. But you know, if we have strongholds there or holding us down, it hinders what God wants us to do, doesn't it? It hinders it because we can do a certain amount of things, but there's a handicap there. And we don't want to run the race handicapped, do we? We don't want to run it handicapped. So tonight, and this is what I, I really read into this tonight, it's called house cleaning time. House cleaning time. Your spiritual house where the Holy Spirit resides within you, it's time to be cleaning house. And you have to let him clean it. We cannot clean it ourselves. We will it, and we believe him to clean it and set us free that there's no more strongholds that are holding us back. Because he wants to abide in a house that's free, no strongholds, because Satan has no place in there. Bondage has no place in our lives, has no place on these strongholds that hold us back. And we're going to get into these strongholds. There's three separate things that we're going to be dealing with in these strongholds. But I'm going to lay a foundation here first before we get into anything. So we know we need to have a clean house. So it's house cleaning time tonight. Say that. It's house cleaning time tonight. My temple is going to be clean for the glory of God from this night forth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, you're going to say to me, well, how do we clean our temple? How does our temple get clean? Well, in 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pouring down of strongholds. What are our weapons? Well, first of all, our weapons is the name of Jesus, which does everything, the power of the name of Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the angels of heaven. And matter of fact, we have the whole heavenly host backing us up in everything we do. The angels, the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, all these things are on our side. We have people praying for us. All those weapons that enable you and I to get free from these strongholds. And God wants us free. We are not to be bound. Wherever the Spirit is, there is liberty, the Word of God teaches us. Where the Spirit is, there is liberty and freedom. He sets us free, free to serve Him. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Mark chapter 3, verse 27. Mark chapter 3, verse 27. I'm just going to leave it right there. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. You cannot break into a house where the strong man is and take anything until that strong man is bound because he will stop you. Now, looking at the way that we're talking about it here spiritually, there's a strong man that has a bondage on you, you see. There's a strong man that has a bondage on some people here. There's a, a bondage here with some of the satanic forces. Now, we cannot do work in our house and build up and do things until we bind and get rid of that strong man or get rid of that stronghold, can we? 
And that's what it's all about. We have to deal with that strong man, that issue right there, that stronghold, whatever it is. If it's a demon force, if it's us or whatever it is, we have to deal with that force and get it out of the way before we can actually start out on what we're supposed to do the way God wants it done. Now, it says in Matthew 18, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We bind the forces of hell that comes against us according to God's word, and it's done in heaven, you see. In other words, what I speak out of my mouth against the forces of hell is backed up by heaven. It's just not me saying a bunch of words, and that's all there is to it. But there's power in those words. There's power that gets results done. And that's why you must believe when you declare and speak the word of God in the name of Jesus that something happens there. It happens spiritually. Whether you see something or whether you don't see something, you have to believe that and see that and know Jesus is on the scene right then and there. Because she said, according to whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. He said it's already bound, and if whatever you loosen or set free, it's activated in heaven. See, that's where the power comes from, heaven. So what you bind, that power from heaven is binding. What you loosen is loosened in heaven. That power is loosening, you see. So we have heaven backing us up. Amen? Now, there's two other verses here I want to bring into you right here. And the Lord brought something to my attention. They're very familiar. And Luke, uh, verse 19 and verse 20, is something you've heard many times, and a lot of times I've quoted them on the programs many times, about having power over the, the enemy and everything. We have the authority. And a lot of times it's, it's accepted. Well, let's look at this thing a little bit closer. Let's look at, look at Luke 10:19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now let's break that down a little bit. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You have authority and power over all the enemy. The enemy has nothing on you. You have it all over him. You see, we overlook that many times. We say, well, we have power and authority over the enemy. But let's look at that closely and say, I have authority and power over all the enemy, not part of the enemy or sometimes or when I feel like it, but I have it all the time. I have that authority. When I say it, I believe it, and it's done because God is backing me up. Okay? And nothing shall by any means hurt you. It can't hurt you because you have God's word and God's authority there. It cannot hurt me because in the name of Jesus, I have authority over it. Now, these words are not Apostle Paul's words inspired by the Holy Spirit or anybody else's. They're Jesus' words. This is red letters right here I'm reading to you. These are Jesus' words. He said, nothing will hurt you. You have all power. I've given you all power over the forces of hell, and nothing shall hurt you. That means nothing shall hurt you. All power means all power. All, all, all. Nothing will hurt you means nothing, nothing, nothing will hurt you. But you have to accept that by faith and believe that by faith and act on that by faith, you see. That's what it's all about, believing that, believing that and acting upon it and accepting it as a done deal. Not just kind of milly-mouthing over it, but accept it. Be bold and step up. Step up like David did when he went against Goliath there. He got up to him, and he was ready to take him on. He didn't run from him. He ran towards him, and that's where you and I need to be. We need to run through the, toward the force of the hell and bind them and knock them out of the way. Knock them out of the way because Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan, and therefore you and I have came to come to destroy the works of Satan. That's what he wants you and me to do. Okay, verse 20. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, 
but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen to that. Our names are written in heaven. That's the most important thing that can ever happen to us is we will go to heaven someday. That's the most important, the greatest thing, and that's what we're about, getting people ready to go to heaven, to get them away from the forces of hell, get them born again and saved, going to heaven someday. But look what it says. Not that we're saying this rejoice, in this rejoice not, spirits are subject to you. They are subjected to you. You are the leader in a sense. They are subjected to you. They have to obey you. You're the boss. You can tell them to go. They're the boss. You're, you're the boss over them, you see. They're, you're right now at the tip right there. They are subjected onto you. You're the one that's calling the shots, not them. They huff and puff, and they come as a roaring lion like Satan does, as a roaring lion, but you have authority over them. They're just trying to bluff you. They're the mouse and you're the elephant, but they're trying to turn it around that they're the elephant and you're the mouse. But you have to know. You have to know these things. Just accept them as faith, and it's a done deal. And, hey, I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. That's, that's what it is. And that's what Jesus is saying to us right now, each and every one of us, that we have that type of a boldness, that type of an attitude. Because in this day, in this world today, hell is not holding back. Hell is coming in like never before. It's insanity what's going on. That you hear the news and everything. It's plain insanity. It's crazy. It makes no sense because it's demonic. Demons, these people are filled with demons that are doing this type of thing because it's not even sensible. It's not even common sense. And craziness is initiated by the devil. You follow the devil long enough, you get crazy, and that's what's going on right now in the world. So, therefore, you and I have to be strong and tough and stand in the word of God because, hey, we're the winners. Greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world or anybody else in the world. We are the greater ones right here because we have the great one within us, you see. Greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. So automatically that puts us on top. That puts us on top because we're in Jesus and Jesus is in us, you see. Okay? There's something you have to remember and really say this to yourself. We have the authority and the ability to overcome all obstacles in our life. That's a big statement, isn't it? We have the authority and the ability to overcome all obstacles in our life. And you know why we do? Because the word of God, different places there, Acts 1-8 says, I will give you power. You know, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that means ability. And there's other portions of Scripture when the word power is used, it means the authority. See, you give an authority to do something, but then you have to have the ability to carry it out, you see. You have the authority to do this, but I need to have the ability to carry it out. And that's what he does. He's not only giving us the authority, but he's giving us the ability. And anything that God tells you to do, anything that he gives you authority for, he gives you his ability. Not your ability, but his ability. He does it through you. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. He said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness in 2 Corinthians 12:9. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So it's not about us, about our strength, what we can do, what we cannot do. It's about allowing him to do his thing through you and through me. Amen. That's what gets the job done. Okay. How do we deal with strongholds? Well, let's first of all say this. He said we must recognize them. We must recognize them is what must be done first. You must recognize them. If you don't know what these uh, strongholds are, how can you deal with them? You don't recognize them. You don't see them. You don't know what to deal with. You don't know if they're strongholds or not. You have to recognize them. Now, there's a, a gift of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12:10, discerning of spirits. That's a spiritual gift. 
and God uses that gift through us from time to time as is uh, as needed. As He needs it in our lives, as we need it, He'll He'll give us discernment. We need discernment. The gift of discernment even comes to a place in its highest level as we actually see the demonic spirits with our spiritual eyes. We can see them, but then other times in the turning of spirits, it just you know within yourself, hey, this is bad, this is wrong, and you sense that very thing. I've had times in my life that. That uh, I'd be someplace and, and somebody would, would be evil, be a witch or something, and everybody around them would be bowing down to them, and they thought they were great. But I knew in my own spirit, through the spirit of God, what it was. So you see, not all of that glitters is gold. You can have people around you that smile, look good, sound good, and are very charismatic and really very convincing, have a silver tongue, and they can be right from the pits of hell. Remember, Satan is the most, the most beautiful of all angels. He led people astray. You see. Satan can't lead anybody anywhere if he doesn't have something appealing about him, does he? Just like a sin in this world, it has to have some appealing things to your eyes you wouldn't commit it, would you? It has to be appealing or desirous, you see. It made it look good. It lures you, you see. So we need to get our answers and our directions through discernment, through the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to ask him. To, he will give us the ability to discern things and use the gift of discernment through you and me severally as he wills. And then it says in James 1.5, wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask if you lack that wisdom. He said he will give it to you and I if we ask him. We need wisdom, wisdom and discernment. And I think they're the two biggest things in this day that needs to really be operating in our lives because there's so much deception out there from people. You cannot look at a person and their their name or, or who they are or how famous they are or what they were or what anything about them and build anything upon that. You must measure everything, I don't care who says it, by God's word and by the spirit of God in your life. It must be backed up by the word of God and then the witness of the spirit in your life. And the Holy Spirit will give you a check for something wrong. But you see, we need to learn to, to hear that check, to sense that check, and learn to decipher, decipher what the Word of God says to understand the, the Word of God, to have revelation on that Word, and hear from the Holy Spirit. And that comes from experience. But if you simply ask for what I'm talking about here, now he will help you with that. You grow in these things. We grow and mature. But the problem has been in the body of Christ, many people hear those things, but they don't know the first thing about them, or I've never even put them to practice. They just go to church and hear the Word preached. Oh, that was a good sermon. Oh, that's good. But... You see, we need to be spiritual. We need to learn to grow in the things of God and apply them in our life and see them work and see God in these things that we know that God is corresponding and talking to us, you see. He's leading us. He's showing us what to do. That's what he wants. You're not led by any man. I don't care if it's your pastor or somebody on television, me on the radio here or anybody else on the radio or anybody else at all. We are led by the Spirit of God because we belong to God. We don't belong to one another. We are not our, we're, we're all his. I don't own anybody. He owns all of us. God owns us. We're just here as stewards. So we need to hear what he's saying to us. You need to get serious with God. Get in that word and pray and say, Lord, help me to understand more. Because all you have to do is have a willing heart, folks. I was that way when I first got saved, and I still am. But when I, I, I was facing a great big Bible, I knew nothing about nothing, and I prayed and asked God to help me because it was scary to me when I first got saved way, way, way back. But I'll tell you what, God brought me along. He taught me over the years and still teaching me, and we're growing. 
but you have to be going forth in that. You have to desire to do it and put an effort to it. You can't just sit down and don't uh, apply the word, don't read the word, don't pray, don't do anything like that, don't apply the word to your life. If you don't do that, nothing happens. But it, uh, being a Christian is not going to church on Sunday or anything like that. Being a Christian is living a life 24-7. You go to church and things like that. Yes, this is part of it, but it's living a 24-7 life for Jesus Christ. For me to live as Christ, for me to die as gain is what Paul said, and that needs to be all of our testimony. I need to say, for me to live as Christ, to die as to gain. And I do say that. I say that about myself, and I speak it boldly. For me to live as Christ, to die as gain. And that's what God wants out of each and every one of us to say, because God has the answer to us in life. He meets our needs, and there's nothing we're going to be fearful of or fearing when we have that attitude and we're obedient unto him. So we have to determine on these things right here. There's three things that uh, face in life that uh, these things that I'm getting to right now that laid the little foundation there that come against us for strongholds. Number one begins our flesh. It's us that yields to temptation and does the wrong thing. It's us. We blame it on the devil, but it's us that's not saying no. It's us that's wanting to do our selfish will and disobey God. The second thing is a direct satanic attack. It's a direct attack by Satan himself on you. And the next thing is a generational curse. These are the three ways that we get into a place of a stronghold over us that we can't seem to get away from sometimes. Some we can get away from, some are deep. But the thing about it is these are the three ways that strongholds come upon our lives, these three areas right here. And we have to determine if there's a stronghold on us tonight, if you have a stronghold on you, that you will pull them down in the name of Jesus. You're believing the Lord to pull them down off of you, and you're going to be free tonight in the name of Jesus Christ by the word of God. You are going to be free. You are determined, I'm getting free. I'm no longer going to be bound on these things. I am free to serve Jesus Christ. I am free. You determine that. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you've got to think that way. You've got to believe that way. You've got to stand that way because what you believe, stand for, and act upon is what's going to become a reality. If you do nothing, just say, well, I'm hoping and praying, nothing's going to happen. It doesn't work that way. You don't hope and pray. You believe, you pray and believe and declare. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm speaking the word of God. I'm declaring it and believing the word of God. And it's going to manifest because as you speak and believe that thing you say. Now, the next thing in, in uh, Matthew eleven twelve it says, And from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. That is violence. We're suffering violence when we're in a stronghold, in a hard area, a very difficult area to hold us down and is this uh, tormenting us sometimes, things like that, things that's holding us back, a monkey on your back, so to speak. That, that, that's violence. The kingdom of God suffers violence. That's a violent attack, a violent attack of things on you, and you have to overcome them by a balance, by balance. And the balance is the word of God, not your fists, not your feet, but by the word of God in the name of Jesus. By God's word in the name of Jesus is how we deal with all these things, all these three areas. And we're going we're gonna to learn how to deal with these areas here tonight. So as I said, our flesh, satanic attack, or generational curses. Okay, let's go to the first one right here. Addictions of flesh and spirit. Well, 
Jesus, you know, gave us the ability to overcome our wills and give them to God when he was in the garden, didn't he? I've spoken this many times, and I think it needs spoken more and more almost all the time because for anything we have a problem with is being given our wills to God. Many times we say, well, I'd rather not do that. I don't want to do that, so I don't will to do it. I'm going to do this. And God said, I want you to do that. He said, well, I'd rather do this. But the prime example was Jesus in the garden. He, he faced a supreme situation greater than anything that any man ever has or ever will face on this earth when he faced Calvary, what he was going to go through, what happened to him. He faced that. Now, his will was, Father, if you can take it from me, I want you to take it from me because I really don't want to go. And Would anybody want to go through what he went through? Of course not, they wouldn't. But then he turned around when he said that. He said, but, Father, nevertheless, it's not what I want or my will, but what your will is, I will do it. And, of course, you know what the will of the Father was. You know what Jesus did. He went through hell. Well, actually, he went through hell, but he went to hell, and he defeated hell. And, of course, he went back to heaven after all this was done. He defeated hell. He went to hell and, and freed us. He, freed, he did everything for us. He, God stripped himself of God and became a human man. He stripped himself and what, went through what we go through for us. He went through hell to hell and through hell for you and I. He, he paid that price. So doing that, what he did in the garden and what he's went through, that gives you and I, that blood that dripped down his head when he was in the garden, that gave you and I the ability to turn our wills over to him and say, not my will but your will. No matter how you don't want to do something, no matter how hard or how badly you don't want to do it, you have the capability to say, nevertheless, not my will, what I don't want to do, but I, what, I want to do what you want me to do. What you want me to do, I don't want to do it, but, Lord, it, your will must be done in my life. And that's what we must come to. That's a place that's not a, a uh, situation where we have a choice in the matter if we want to really follow God. But we need to give our will to him just like, like, uh, like Jesus did. So that's what we deal with. And that, that is what really stands in our flesh right there, that will. That, that's the, the main portion of it there. That is the center, that's the foundation of our problems in the flesh is being self-centered in our will and not being obedient to the will of God. That's what causes all these problems, whether it's addiction, sin in our life, or whatever it might be. The Bible tells us in Romans 8:13 says, For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if you live, if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You know what that's saying in that verse right there? He said, if you live after the flesh, you die. That means you're going to die. You're going to go to hell if you're living like hell. You live like hell, you're going to go there is what it boils down to. But if you, through the Spirit, that's through the Holy Spirit, mortify, that means kill or deaden the deeds of your body, you will live. In other words, that's simply saying I'm going to say no to what's wrong in my life and I'm going to obey God and I'm going to please him is really what it's saying. Through the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to cast those things down. In fact, he said, reckon yourself dead. Reckon yourself dead. So that's mortifying, you see, mortifying, deadening. In other words, hey, when you're tempted to do wrong, lie, cheat, steal, or whatever it might be, get into some type of a, a situation, you have that ability to say no with the help of the Holy Spirit, you see. Not in your own strength. There's many things that in our own strength that we cannot do. But, you see, I'm speaking to you now tonight 
about you depending on the Holy Spirit to help you. You're asking him, you're saying, Lord, help me. I'm tempted to do this. I know it's wrong. I need your help, Lord. And when you do that, he'll help you. If you genuinely mean business with you, I don't care if you're an addiction. I don't care if it's a, a bad decision or you're doing something illegal or whatever it might be. If you are tempted to do wrong, if you say, I don't want to do it, I need your help, he will deliver you from that. I was delivered from smoking cigarettes and other things uh, because I willed to stop it. I yielded my will to his, and, and I said, Lord, you help me. And he did it. He did it. I could feel it in my body. He did it, you see. But until you mean business, he won't do it. If you're 50 or 75% that way of giving your will to him, uh, he won't do it until you mean business. Say, yes, Lord, I mean to do business. Now I need your help. And when you say that, I'm telling you, he jumps in there <laughs> in a split second. He'll do it. But you have to mean business, folks. We can't be half-hearted and be double-minded and playing games. There's too many games played today. It don't work. The, day, the, game, the game playing days are over with. We're in serious times, folks. We have to really, 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 really mean business. But when you come to that place, What's going to happen is he will send the help that you need if you are serious with him. And there's another scripture that's very good, and this is really where it all begins is in your mind. And 2 Corinthians 10, 5 tells us that we're to cast down all imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We can be tempted in our minds, have all kinds of garbage hit our minds, which we have no control of what comes to our minds. It's like saying we have no control of the birds that fly over our head, but we certainly have control of what lands on our head. We can't stop them from flying. We can't stop the thoughts maybe coming at us, but we can stop them from penetrating. When I say penetrating, I simply mean a negative thought come right away. You don't even think about it. You just cast it down. You don't give it the time to meditate on it. See, that's a dangerous thing. If, if something comes to you as an example, you're going to be sick. You're going to be sick. This is wintertime. Uh, you're going to have the flu. You're going to have, if you think about that, before you know it, you're going to be going to the doctor saying, hey, I need a shot. I need this. I need that. This is, I'm going to catch the flu if you don't do something. So you don't believe it, you see. You can't think of those things. When negativity comes about your health, your finances, your life, I don't care who and what it is, when it comes to your mind, cast it down because it's not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be poor, to be in bankruptcy, to be broke. It's not God's will for you to be uh, in fear. It's not God's will for you not to be able to sleep at night, to be worried, concerned. And that's not the will of God, you see. But when you allow devil's thoughts to come into your mind and don't cast them down, what happens is it takes a root, and before you know it, you're starting to act on that, and you are down in the mulligrubs. You're down the mulligrubs. So that's how it really begins in our flesh, in our flesh, you see, by our selfish will. The Bible says, for him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's sin. It's sin. James 4:17. for him that knows to do good and doeth it not, it's sin. So when you know to do something, if God's laying something in your heart, don't procrastinate because procrastination is disobedience. Procrastination isn't really what a lot of people say, just putting it off. It's disobedience because when God speaks to you, he wants you to do it. And he'll direct you the timing on it, but a lot of times he'll tell you to do something that's in a now situation. When you procrastinate, you keep putting it off and putting it off. Gradually you might get around to doing it, but that doesn't please God. He wants us to act as he speaks. When he says jump, how high do you want me to jump? 
And he will direct you when to do things, but many things he tells us to do, we put it off, we know where to do something, we're not careful. And then what happens is it, it gets put down down the road somewhere, and then all of a sudden you find maybe a couple of weeks later you're doing it. And that's not being obedient to God. He's not pleased with that. That's really sinful. A lot of these things that we've been pulling over the years, a lot of Christians and churches and various things have been, been playing games like that, and that's not God's word. God's word says what it means and means what it says. So we need to learn to act in obedience to God and not make provisions for our flesh. He says make no provision for your flesh. He says through the Spirit you overcome all these things that come against your desires, your carnal desires, situation like that. You could even say a man and a woman, a married man sees a beautiful lady, and the wrong thoughts and the wrong ideas come to his mind. Right away he has to turn his head because you can commit adultery in your thoughts. If you even think about a, a lady, you see a woman out there and you think the wrong thought, right away that, that's the same thing as actually committing them. So you have to turn your head away from situations like that. You've got to get away from them. You have to abstain. That's what it means, casting down imagination and everything that's against the word of God. We have to be that way, folks. That's how we keep ourselves clean. We keep ourselves clean. We want to please God in what we do. That's just a way. That's just another way. Or you have a temptation to lie to somebody or not be honest with them. Uh, these, these are other things that we should not do. We, we, we have to be honest. In fact, the Word of God tells us that we're to be honest and not defraud one another. We've got to be pure and honest and have a good reputation among those around us as well as with God, you see. We have to be doing the right thing before man. Because if we're not doing the right thing before man, we know we're not doing it before God. But we, the Word of God tells us that we are to have respect with men as well as the things of God with the Lord, you say. And that's what it is because we have no testimony for Jesus if we're not that way before mankind. We might have a lot of words that say that sound good, but if we're not living the life, they're, they're looking at what you're doing. They aren't caring what you're saying. They're just saying, there goes another hypocrite. But we need to show them in the fruit of the Spirit what Jesus and who Jesus is, as well as through the gifts of the Spirit, because the fruits of the Spirit are his character. The gifts of the Spirit were, were his abilities, you see. So we need to show in our fruits. We need to see Jesus' love and his power, his compassion, his concern in our hearts, you see. We need to see it in our lives and recognize that, hey, uh, I don't have to have a contract with uh, Ed because, hey, he's going to be honest, he's going to do me right. Even though in this world today, unfortunately, everything has to have contracts and lawyers and everything, but it used to be in years past, it was just a simple handshake. If you're not a man or a woman that's a simple handshake person, you're not in the will of God, because that's that's what it is, folks. I'm calling it what it is. I'm not polycalling anything. I'm not... Uh, I come down hard on things because what I'm saying to you, I come down myself with because I, I, I judge myself for that because to walk the line that God wants. And it's not hard to walk that walk if you allow the Lord to walk that walk through you. It's through the Spirit. Because what did we say just a minute ago in Romans 8, 13? Through the Spirit we mortify the deeds of the flesh. Through the Spirit. If I try to do it on my own, I'll fail. I'll fail right off the bat, but there's no hope to do it. You can't possibly do it in yourself because it's a supernatural thing. But through Jesus, through the Spirit of God, my enabler, I can do all things, and you can too. Okay, so the flesh, we get addicted to something. You see, that's how we get into a stronghold. Cause you might get into things, we'll say like a lot of people get into uh, fortune-telling and, and uh, sorcery and things like that, uh, even uh, Ouija boards. Uh, and all these things like that. And when you get in there, you open the door to the devil. These things are all wrong. 
these are all wrong. Fortune telling, psychics, and all these things. And that, that's just one little way that people get in there in their flesh and get, wind up in a stronghold. Because when you get in that territory, the devil has the right to come against you. He has no right to, uh, to come into me and do things now. But if I get into his territory and do the things that he's part of, that would be like running around in clubs and, and committing adultery and, and uh, getting into uh, psychic-type situations, lying and, and just uh, being corrupt then he has the right to do that because that's what he is. He's a father of all lies and father of all corruption. When I get in that, then what comes to me, has, he has the right to do that. And I can get myself into a place of a stronghold in my life that it's hard to break, you see. So we can get ourselves into these messes when we don't follow the Holy Spirit and do what he wants us to do and obey what he shows us and tells us to obey in his word, you see. We get ourselves into messes like that. And most of the time... Uh, it's like uh, Flip Wilson used to say. He said, the devil made me do it. Now, the devil can't make you do anything. You know that? What, what we just say a little bit ago, we have authority over him, complete authority, complete control. He's subjected to us. He cannot make us do anything. But what happens is people cop out and say, well, because I did this because of so-and-so, I did this because of this, I did this because of that. There isn't such a thing as an excuse. Excuses are just lies to justify yourself. There's no excuse for any of it. You have no reason to do wrong, none whatsoever. I don't care what you come from, where you came from, or where you're going. You have no excuse, no excuse to do wrong. But many Christians are out there talking about things. They're blaming this one. They're blaming that for it. And I'm the way I am because of this. And the pity me, I, I didn't have a good start and everything. And Hey, I don't buy that. I don't buy that, and God didn't buy that by his word, you say. A true man of God, a woman of God, isn't going to act like that. Okay? The next thing, in fact, before we go into the next thing, I have another scripture I want to share with you. And this is for you and I in Second Corinthians 7, one. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That kind of says it all, doesn't it, what I'm saying? That kind of sums it up in one scripture right there, doesn't it? Having all the precious promises that God has given you and I, we're to cleanse ourselves. Now, he said, you cleanse yourself. How do you cleanse yourself? By recognizing these things and asking God to help you and claiming his words to set you free in your flesh, the things you do in the flesh, and the things in your spirit, like jealousy, hatred, uh, things like this, all the things that are, are unpleasing or displeasing to him in your mind, your actions, your attitude. And what you commit in your flesh, if you're smoking cigarettes or drinking, or uh, whatever it might be, cursing or whatever it might be in your life, he wants you to turn away from it, cleanse yourself from it, get rid of it, just like you wash your hands. You wash your hands with soap uh, to get the dirt off, right? <laughs> you wash your spirit and, and you wash your flesh with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, your spirit man and your fleshly man with the Holy Spirit, and he cleanses us. But we depend on him to do it, but then you have to want to do it. You have to be willing to do it. And if you do this, you bring yourself into perfected holiness to the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord, you see. And that's what gets you and I to the place where God wants to take us. Unless we're at that place with God, God can't take you where you want to go. A lot of people have a lot of desires to be uh, really grow in the Lord, do great things for the Lord, and we all should, and we all do, and I do myself. But if I'm not going by this route, if I'm not going by the route that I'm teaching here tonight, I'm not going. 
I am not going if I'm not going by route because that'll stop you. That'll stunt you, you see. We, there's certain criteria, there's certain stipulations, there's certain things that you and I must be and do before God can trust to take us anywhere. And that's one thing. So you see, we are to cleanse ourselves. So a lot of these things we say, well, God will do this, or God will do this for me, God will do that. That's true, but you have to see it, you have to want it and desire it, and you have to go for it. You have to go for it, and sometimes it's a little painful. It's a little painful, some of these things, to, to allow God to change and, and what we have to do, what we have to stop doing. It's a little painful, but we have to be willing to do it. You give your will. There we go again, that word will. You give your will to him again, and he will clean you up. But you have to give him your will. He can't. That's one thing that God cannot do is override your will. He purposely made that. He's made you a free will agent. But we better submit our wills to him because when we do that, then I give him permission to operate in us. We have to give him permission, folks. That's, that's what it boils down to. Okay, the next thing that uh, can get us into a stronghold position is a satanic attack. Now, there's two incidences I have marked down here. First of all, there's one where the woman followed Paul with a spirit of divination. She, would say, she was saying that she followed them a couple of days there, follow these men. These are great men of God. These are good men of God now. Most preachers, if they'd be walking down the uh, town like that and there'd be somebody saying that, they'd probably stick their chest out and, wow, yeah, I'm a mighty man of God. I'm a mighty man of God. But Paul, through discernment, through discernment, okay, discernment, he discerned that, hey, this isn't, this isn't of God. This woman is in divination. She did satanic forces there. So what did he do? He cast that thing out of her, and she wasn't able to do anything anymore. He just took that power of hell out of her. He cast it out of her. So that was a direct attack by Satan. It came against him to try to overtake him, you say. But he recognized it and dealt with it. So that's a direct satanic attack to try to get them in bondage, to try to get them in a situation that uh, they would be in a stronghold situation, to mess them up. Okay, the next attack, which is a very familiar one, was in Luke thirteen sixteen. Remember the woman that was bound for 18 years, she was stooped over. And Jesus saw her, and he said, wasn't this woman under the Abrahamic covenant? Wasn't she under this covenant? What is she doing stooped down? What's she doing in this situation? So he healed her. He delivered her from, from the demonic power, and she walked normal like everybody else. But she was under a covenant, and that covenant then is not as good as the one we have now. So she was sick. She was attacked by Satan. She was bent over 18 years. But because she was a covenant child, he took authority over that thing, and it came out, and she walked normal. And what's that saying to you and I today with the better covenant? When we're attacked by the devil, we have the ability and the authority to do that very same thing, to get people freed up. Jesus did it, and he said in John 14:12, the things that I do, so shall you do even greater things. So we're here to set people free like he did. We've been commissioned to do that. We've been called. We've been ordained to do that, you see. We've given the ability to do that. We've been given the power, the authority. So we need to do those things. That's what it's all about. But that's, that's what a direct attack by Satan is something. And there's other cases by Satan sometimes a certain sickness uh, can be on a person. That, it isn't uh, a medical type thing. It's a matter of a demon there that it gets a hold of those people. And when that demon comes off, then they're, they're well. That's a demonic situation. So there's many times, and that's where discernment comes in. 
discernment comes in, and of course wisdom. I, I quoted to you, but that's that's usually through the gift of discernment, uh, one of the nine spiritual gifts that we need to know. And that's that's simply hearing from God. Just what are we dealing with? Uh, I can give titles and names and explain these things on the radio here, but uh, the thing about it is, what does what we need to do is hear from God things that we are doing. You see, and He tells us what it is and how to do it. We follow His leading. This is what it's all about. Okay. The next thing is what they call generational curses. And this is this is a major type situation here. And to kind of give you a little understanding of that, uh, you've all been to the doctor and you've heard uh, the doctor ask you certain questions. He'd say, well, is there any heart trouble in your family? Do you have any cancer in your family? Was there any of this, any of that? And uh, you'd go back to your grandma, your mom, dad, grandpa, whatever it might be, and you'd, you'd tell them what your history was. That's called family history. And that's a physical aspect, your DNA or whatever you want to call it, uh, that they're checking out. But also there's a spiritual DNA that they aren't dealing with there. But was there any, uh, like, uh, was your family alcoholic, your dad alcoholic, was he a womanizer, uh, was your mama this or your mama that? You see, what it is, and you've heard this many times, you know, if a, uh, a person would say, this man is an alcoholic. That he just like his daddy, he was an alcoholic, and his grandpa was an alcoholic, or he was a womanizer, and his grandpa was, and so uh, was his dad. You see, these are what they call curses, generational curses, things that have you doing what you should not ought to be doing, and they fall in place. That's why sometimes raped uh, people that are raped, they become rapists sometimes in a situation. And I'm not, I'm not saying everybody is raped or something like that's going to become that, but. Uh, if a man was physically abused back in the, the day years ago, it's possible something could happen like that. Some of these things happen because there's a spirit that causes these things. It's a spirit that you're dealing with right there. So that's why we need to be free from all these forces of hell, you see. Whether it be a, even homosexuality, it's a spirit. It's a spirit attacks people. It isn't something that's it's normal. You don't become that. Uh, you have a, it's a choice. It's a matter of choice, but it has to be dealt with. That's a spiritual thing. Uh, they try to call a lot of these things today uh, simply uh, illnesses or something like that, but they're not illnesses. They're forces from hell that need to be dealt with by the power of God. That's what it is, and it's not going to be out of a, a pill or out of a uh, liquid that gets you set free. You can't deal with the devil with liquids and pills. You have to deal with him by the power of God, and that's what we're talking about. But these generational curses we have to be freed from, and how you really identify them, a lot of times, if you have something in your life that you, it's just leading you, you can't seem to get the victory over this thing. And it goes on, and you pray, and you fast, and you cry out before the Lord, and it doesn't seem to uh, work for you. Uh, poverty is another one. Just bring that up. Poverty is another thing. It, it runs in the family. It runs, you see. If, if, if these things are there, chances are it's a generational curse that has to be broken. It's a generational curse. Some of these things you can deal yourself. Sometimes they need to be broken off you, and uh, it all depends. It all depends, but that's how you really identify with that. Now, the Bible tells us in Galatians 3.13 that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from the curse. But yet, even though we've been redeemed, we get born again, there could be something there on us like a generational curse, as I talked about a, a little bit ago. Or a satanic attack could happen anytime, or our flesh has to deal with that anytime. And the thing about it is, when these things happen, we have to deal with them. We, we've been redeemed. We're born again. We've been redeemed from these things. But 
that doesn't mean these things don't try to come upon you. Then you have to deal with these things, you see. We have to deal. We are soldiers. We're soldiers. We have to deal with our own personal lives when we're dealing with others. So we need the wisdom and the provisions of God in our lives. What I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Normally I just work as individual a lot of times with uh, when it comes to curses and things like that, but we're going to do it in a volume right here tonight because God will honor it. He will honor it. But we're going to break some curses here tonight and some fleshly situations, some demonic activity, just like the three things I just discussed, a direct demonic attack, a generational curse where if you have weakness in your flesh, if you can't seem to help yourself, you just, you're weak in your flesh, that you'll be strengthened. Because these are the three areas that you and I, if we're not careful, is what would get us into bondage. Now, you can't control the generational curse or the satanic attack. That, the curse has been there, you, your heritage for your family. But you can deal with the satanic attack or the flesh, you see, and you can deal with the generational curse. It's something that's in the past. So, you see, there's no reason for you and I to get into or be in a situation of a stronghold that, we, that God wants to free us from. And this is the time, this is the hour, this is the season that God is freeing his people because Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon, and we have to be prepared because he is, he is setting us all into a place of a higher level ministry, a more effective ministry because he wants to see as many come to the kingdom before he sent his son back. So that's what it's all about. So right now I'm going to to ask you all, I'm just going to be silent for a short time here, and I'm going to ask you all just to get your hearts ready because if you believe that you have a generational curse or if there's a satanic situation going on in your, your life or your body, uh, if it's a uh, fleshly thing that you just can't seem to say no to, you know you shouldn't do it, but you're just so tempted to do it, and it just seems to be overtaking you that, hey, I just can't seem to help myself. I, I desire to do not to do this, but, hey, I can't help myself to do it. If you need deliverance from tobacco, drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be, this is part of it. But anything that's on your back, any monkey that's on your back, we're going to cover it tonight. You just come up and just expect. You just expect. You put your hand on your computer. You put both your hands on the phone, and that will be our point of contact and as I pray, just agree with me and just receive what Jesus will do. It's only what Jesus does, you see. I can't do it. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm believing in God's word. My faith is out there. It's releasing my faith in the Lord. And I know he's going to come to those that are open and ready to receive, you see. Ready to receive. Be ready to be set free right now. Be ready to be set free in the name of Jesus because it's not by power and might, but by, by my spirit, says the Lord. And he wants to free people. He gave me that word, house cleaning tonight. He really is a house cleaning time. He wants to clean your house tonight. Cause his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit abides in you, and he wants a clean house, and he wants to free you tonight. Amen. So I want you to believe that right now as we go to prayer right now. I'm going to just, oh, shut up. Take it, come up, take it, take it, come up, take it, take it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you with this audience tonight, those that are listening here, those that are hearing my voice. I come to you, Father. I recognize it's your word. I recognize it's your truth that sets people free. It's you by your anointing. Your anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Your anointing is above. Satan is no match for you. And because you have put into us 
your anointing and your power that we have authority over these forces of darkness. We can speak these words, and you said what we bind in earth, we bound in heaven. What we loose in earth will be loosed in heaven and will be freed. Father, right now, I just bring every man, woman, boy, and girl before you right now, Father, in this audience. And first of all, I take authority over the works of Satan. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I command you off of every person. Listen to this message right now and out of every person. I break every generational curse, every demonic influence that has got into these people in any way. In the name of Jesus, I command that out. I bind it and command that out. And any fleshly desire that they need the help of the Holy Spirit to overcome it, as you promised, you said through the Spirit, you will mortify the deeds of the flesh. I release that power right now through those phones into those people, into those people, every person right now. That anointing into every person right now. Yes, declare, I am made free. I am free. I am free in Jesus' name. I am made free. I am free in Jesus' name. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes, all sickness and disease must go. Must go. Must go. Must go. Must go in Jesus' name. No more fear. God's perfect love is casting out fear right now as I speak. God's perfect love is casting the fear out of your life. Fear is leaving your life. Fear, fear, fear is leaving your life now in Jesus' name. Fear is leaving your life. Yes, and you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Yes, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you because for you to live is not you, it's Christ in you. It's the Christ in you. It's Jesus in you who said it's setting you free, setting you free to serve him, setting you free now to serve him. Yes, yes, and commit yourself to him now. Commit yourself to Jesus right now. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, just accept the fact that say to him, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you were buried, you arose, and because of that, if I come to you and I ask you to come into my heart, save me, and take over my life, and make you Savior and Lord of my life, I am saved because you tell me whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I call upon you now. I believe you died for me. I believe that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me my sins, come into my heart, save me, take over my life. And I declare myself saved now because you said whoever calls upon me is saved if they call upon my name. So, Father, I thank you that I'm saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's made me free. Yes, he's made me free. And through that blood, through that blood, you are free. Yes, you are healed through that blood. You are delivered through that blood. You are set free. All generational curses are broken because of that blood. That blood, that blood is cleansing everything, everything, everything. That's a cleansing. That's a cleansing agent. Yes, that's what's cleaning your house. The blood of the blood of Jesus is cleaning your house. The blood of Jesus is cleaning your house. Yes, your house is being cleaned by Jesus' blood, by his blood, that perfect blood, that perfect blood. Power in the blood, like a song. There's power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is setting you free. The blood of Jesus' blood, Jesus' blood is setting you free. That shed blood for you and I. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for freeing your people. Yes, the anointing. The anointing destroyed the yoke. The anointing, the anointing of Jesus destroyed the yoke. That anointing destroyed the yoke in your life. There's no more bondage in your life. 
No more bondage in your life. The anointing, the anointing destroyed that yoke. The anointing, the anointing. Just lift your hands now and thank the Lord for whatever he did in your life. Whatever he did, whatever he's doing now, whatever he showed you, whatever happened. Uh, I don't know, folks, what all happened. I don't know in your life what it's going to be. God knows that, but I know something, things are happening and things happened. I know things happen to those that are open to receive it. I know they happen. Yes. Yes, more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. We're more than conquerors through Jesus, through that precious blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, yes, God God did a work here tonight. God did a work here tonight because that's what he wants to do. He wanted to clean that house. You gave him permission to clean your house when you opened up yourself to him as you opened yourself up and continue to keep yourself open to him and keep yourself free. Just open, just keep that door open. Just leave that cleansing blood circulate and keep you cleansed and free, free from all things. That's what he wants. And he wants you free so you can, first of all, testify what he did. So I'm going to ask those that have received anything tonight from the Lord, those who will do it, uh, my email, I'm going to just give you my email and also the, the station here, Reaching Out uh, Radio International, you can contact there also. If you're on the computer, it tells you how to mark on the comment section or how to contact or contact me, and I'll, I'll get it to them also with, with Evangelist Fields. But she will know because I know she definitely wants to hear testimonies. We all want to hear what God is doing and what he's done. So uh, my email is, is extended, E-X-T-E-N-D-E-D, hands, H-A-N-D-S, of Jesus. That's O-F-J-E-S-U-S at yahoo.com. They're all small casings. That is extended hands of Jesus at yahoo.com. Okay? So contact me there for any prayer requests, testimonies, or whatever, and contact us. Let us know what's going on because we need to hear from you all. We know what, that God is doing great things out there, but we need to hear from you. In fact, I've said this many times and probably not said it enough, the 105th Psalm says, make known his deeds to the people. You see, the more we testify and glorify what he's doing, the more people would hear it. The more they hear it, the more he can do and the more he will do and the more he reveals himself and the happier he is. You're pleasing God by doing that because he wants this word to spread. He wants to bring as many people into him as he can possibly bring before he sends Jesus back. He wants to see you and I living for him like he wants us to live because he has a plan for your life as well as for my life. And he wants to see us walking in that plan. So that's what this is all about, folks. Okay? Okay. Well, all I have for tonight, but I'll tell you, uh, days are getting better for the Christians. And for the world, it will be getting worse. And we cannot straddle the fence any longer. We need to give it all to Jesus. It's not an option. No more an option because the days of straddling the fence and the days of playing games are over. Because we're not going to make it if we try to straddle the fence. But to serving Jesus and let him work in and through your life and just watch what he's going to do. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, I'm going to say goodnight to everybody now. And you have a blessed week. I love you all. And we'll be talking to you next week. We'll be sharing with you another powerful message of God. But you just thank God for what he did tonight. And like I say, you have my email and the contact us. We are here for you. We are serving you. That's what we're all about is serving you. Okay? 
Thank you now. I love each one of you. Good evening, everybody.